Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloom Where You're Planted podcast, sponsored by Never Too Late Cafe. I'm Laura Walmack, your host, and today I have a special guest, Mark Defoe. And hi, welcome, Mark. Hey, how are you? Good. <laughs> we had a sort of a snag getting started, but we're here. Technology, um, what do you do? <laughs> so um, tell me, where are you currently living? I live over in South Portsmouth, uh, Kentucky. My wife was a uh, proud uh, Greenup County citizen, and she just, I couldn't bring her across the river for anything. So, uh, you know, my roots are right there in Portsmouth. Um, but, you know, when, uh, when, when you're chasing love, you just do what she says, right? <laughs> so, um, I know you from being a drummer, and so... Tell me, you're in a band, and what's the name of it? My, my band name is King's Hollow. Uh, we have been together for, geez, 24 years, I believe. Oh, my uh, word. It's really, I think I've only been in two bands um, ever, besides the praise team. I've been a, a, at our church uh, for, geez, seven or eight years, uh, drumming over there. Uh, maybe longer than that, actually, because I believe my, my firstborn was probably just a year or two old whenever I came over. So probably longer than that, actually. Oh my. Time flies. So what genre of music is that? Uh, we play like a, a hard rock uh, style. Um, it's just what we've always done. Mm -hmm. um, I'm broad to other genres. I love all music, but that's just what we, we do. And sometimes we're a little on the heavy side and sometimes we're on the softer side of the rock spectrum. It's just kind of whatever comes out of us, but. We love what we do, and, and I've really enjoyed playing and, and doing things that I never thought I could get to, to do, you know, so we've opened up for lots of national acts and got to meet some famous people and just doing what I love, so it's kind of just bonus, I guess. So tell us a little bit about some people that you've opened up for that you really enjoyed. Um, we have gotten to open up for a band called Fuel, uh, which is a big part of uh, my music genre taste i love that that style of music um we've opened up for seven mary three and all of these bands were bands that inspired me to play to begin with mm. um liva was a band that we played opened up for a band called Nonpoint. there's just so many that we've we've opened up for um and, and you know it it's it's cool whenever you get to peek behind the curtain and see those you know real life rock stars and just get to meet them and, and everything. So it's really neat. And, and of course, whenever I started playing drums, I don't know, 23 years ago, I started playing whenever I joined this band. I didn't even know how to play drums whenever I joined my band. <laughs> um, so, you know, just we all had rock star dreams. That didn't pan out, but we've still accomplished a lot more than, you know, some other people. So we're, we're happy with that. We, we, I've got a studio in my basement that we built whenever we built the home. And we've recorded two records right here and, and um, they've turned out really nice. And it's just a fun hobby that I, I love and I'll play drums until I can physically no longer play anymore. <laughs> so you've uh, produced them in yes. your studio. You did the mixing and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, I've got uh, through the years, I've met some wonderful people. Um, so we do the recording and then I do send it out to a, a friend of mine, Jerry Allen. He has Allen mixing uh, or Allen productions and he does 
the, the editing and stuff like that. And, and we work together on that um, pretty much side by side. That way we get the sound that we're looking for. And, and then uh, he gives it back to us and, you know, we go and print them and, you know, they end up on all the music platforms and everything like that. So it's pretty so cool. Is it um, uh, your own original music some, or is it, um, yeah, we, we covers 90% of everything we do is, is original music. Um, when we go and go and do shows, we do throw in some cover songs um, that people know and that we enjoy to play. And we try to mix that up too. Um, mm -hmm. We don't play out as much as we used to just because, you know, we've all got kids and, you know, we, we don't, we don't travel as far as what we used to when we were younger either. So, I mean, we really try to stay within the tri-state um, Columbus and, and Portsmouth and Ironton and, you know, areas around Huntington stuff like that. So, you know, whenever you get older and, and got kids and, and responsibilities, you just can't, can't do it all anymore. Um, so where before all of these sort of obligations, where did you travel to? Oh, we would go, you know, Cincinnati. Um, you know, we've traveled as far as up to Cleveland. I mean, we've just wherever we could get a show, you know, whenever we were in our twenties, as long yeah. as we had money and, and that was all we would need, we would, we would go and do it. And, you know, a lot of these um, gigs that I had referred to when we opened up for, for big bands, they weren't big paying gigs. It was just an opportunity to play in front of a large crowd, which was uh, appealing to us to, to get our music heard by a lot more people than, you know, our friends and family and, and fans around here in the Portsmouth area. So it was always fun to go to a place that was never heard of Kings hollow and just see how they felt about us because we know at, in our hometown, people's going to cheer for us no matter what, because, you know, there are friends and family and friends of friends and stuff like that. So it was really neat to, go into a completely new environment and play our original music and get a response that was positive. Hopefully um, most time it was uh, just to see that our music did, you know, come across as, as good music to other people that didn't know who we were. Great. So um, drums, have you played any other instruments? Um, you know, I, I dabble with guitar a little bit. I wouldn't even call myself a guitar player by any means. Um, I, I, I'm a vocalist. I love to sing. That's something that I had done before I even played drums. I mean, because, you know, if you can sing, you can sing. Um, of course, practice makes you better, but I've always sang and I've continued to sing. I sing in, in King's Hollow. Like I do, you know, probably all of the backups actually in, in, in the band. And, um, you know, any time that, that I can get up front and sing. I, I always uh, enjoy that moment too. So I, I do love to sing. And like I said, I dabble with guitar, but I'm not very good. Mm. So your original music, who composes that? Is it yours alone or is it um, collaboration with your other band members? You know, it's, it's funny with us. Um, I, I think that it's different with other bands. I'd say every band has a different writing style. Uh, most bands like, you know, your guitar player, and your singer will just write the song right there and then bring it to the band. But with us, it's always been a melting pot of ideas. And we just come together with an idea alone and that's it. And everybody just adds, you know, collar to it. And we bounce ideas off of, you know, structure wise of the song. And 
you know, eventually we, we come up with a song that is 100% got everybody's something in it, you know, something from everybody was put into that song. So whenever we publish our music, it's always published as King's hollow. It's not, you know, written by, you know, our singer or written by our guitar player. It's always King's hollow because honestly, it wouldn't be the song it was without everybody that, that put their two cents to it. I bet those jam sessions are exciting. <laughs> They're fun. Um, you know, we, we get together, you know, once a week these days used to be two days, but now we, we get together once a week and, uh, we practice for three or four hours, sometimes longer. And, um, you know, sometimes we come up with some good stuff and sometimes we just have fun. So <laughs> either way we can't lose. Well, so never too late cafe. We, uh, promote, creative people. So that could be musicians, artists, writers, filmmakers, uh, recently a fashion designer Ooh. and entrepreneurs, because I learned a long time ago that in order for you to be an entrepreneur, you have to be creative. It's not an, like a franchise where you open the box and here's everything and how to do everything. So you have your own business. Can you tell us a little bit about your business and how it got started? Absolutely. Um, so I own a pest control company called Beagle Pest Control. Um, I think I'm in my 14th year. I think uh, th this March will be 14 years that we've had it. Um, my business actually started in Lexington, Kentucky back in 2008. And at the time, my wife was going to UK. She had a job down there. So um, that's where I felt like that was going to be the best opportunity for my business to grow. Um, and before I started my business, I, of course, I'd worked for a couple other companies. So I, I knew instantly that this was a career that I would love to, to begin myself um, you know, opening up a, a business doing. Um, so in 2008, I had been working for Orkin and that was whenever the recession had crashed. And I came back from Christmas break, my, my vacation that I had planned, and, and uh, they, and that was in January after Christmas. And they pulled me in the office and said, we're going to have to downsize some routes, and we are either going to have to take your route from you and give you a different route that wasn't going to make me as much money and it involved more travel, or we'll just go ahead and give you a, you know, a, a, a severage package and, and you can be on your way. And I felt at that time, I mean, I'd probably had about five years in pest control. And I said, I'll, I'll just opt out and I'm going to do this myself. So, um, again, my business started in Lexington, but we had a, I had a couple deaths in my family. My brother and my dad had passed away really close to each other, like two days apart. Oh my. And it was, it was a rough time. Um, and then, you know, grace of God, like we found out that we were going to have our firstborn, um, probably two months later. And my business was, you know, it doesn't, anybody that thinks a business is going to just flourish immediately, you know, you got to brace for that. It's not. And mm -hmm. I was in that where, you know, is this the right thing for me to be doing? Then whenever we found out we were having a baby, we waved the white flag and said, we're coming home. You know, we had no family in Lexington, so we knew we were going to need support. So we came back <clears throat> home and uh, Portsmouth was going to be, you know, where I started my company. And, you know, it flourished. Every year I have gotten better. Revenue, it keeps growing. And 
this, I think, where I was supposed to be. So, so every year my business has continued to grow. Um, and, you know, I just think that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, even though Lexington is a better market, I mean, Portsmouth has done wonders for, for my business. And then, you know, we've expanded. We've got a we've got a office now in Columbus. We started two years ago. And, you know, we still go down to Lexington. Those, those customers that I had whenever I started, I, I feel like those are my babies. And, and the guys <laughs> that still go down to Lexington and service these people. But I tell them, you know, those were the people that, that believed in me. And until they don't want me anymore, they leave this earth. Like, I will continue to service those people forever. And uh, that's how I feel. Uh, you know, that, I'm just loyal to my customers that, that believed in me at the beginning. That's wonderful. Um, well, you and I had been talking and there was a history of management long before pest control. So kind of when you were growing up. Um, I, I believe that you will find a common denominator with anybody that, that starts a business is a leadership quality that they have. Um, it takes guts to do anything by yourself, a huge amount of risk. And I believe that 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 leadership quality that, that says I can do this is what is a common denominator that everybody has. So whenever I first started my employment life period, I was a bag boy at Save-A-Lot in Portsmouth. And within six or, six or eight months, I had worked myself into an assistant manager's job where I continued to do that for a couple of years. And then I, I moved to Florida for a while and continued in, in the management into grocery stores down there as well. Um, I had ran the back whenever movie stores v, VHS was still a thing. I ran the uh, movie gallery in Wheelersburg, so I mean I've always been a manager. Um, so that that's kind of been something that I've just it's just been inside of me, I guess. So whenever I started in the pest control, I moved down to Lexington, chasing my you know at at the time girlfriend, but now my wife. I got into pest control and immediately loved it. It was the first time that I wasn't stuck in a, in a box where somebody was looking over me. I didn't, I was my own person and I was able to interact with my customers the way I, I felt like I needed to. And I loved it. So that was really the, you know, the second that I got into pest control, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And it was something that I felt like I could, I could really make a, a, a significant, you know, change in people's pest control, you know, needs. So your business has a tagline, sort of your slogan. What is that? It's big enough to handle your problem, small enough to care. And I took that from whenever I started in pest control, I worked for a small company just like the one I have. Um, and I found my likes and dislikes about it. Um, my likes about it was, you know, they gave me the time to go out and take care of all of our clients and I wasn't rushed with a bunch of calls that, that uh, I had to do. It was customer first. Well, then I went to Orkin and Terminix and, you know, they had significant training. I learned so much from Orkin and Terminix as far as, you know, the ongoing training that they always uh, provided for us. But what I found was those customers were no longer customers. They were just numbers. And to them, like they would give me 20 stops to go do in a day and you can't do 20 stops in a day and give somebody the, 
the attention they really need, whether it's personal or whether it's, it's bug related. I mean, so I was always, you know, if I didn't want to work 14 hours a day, you have to rush through them. So that's what I, I decided was whenever I, I started vegan pest control was that I wanted to be that company that didn't care about just the dollar. It was, I wanted to know about, you know, what kind of problems you were having with bugs. And I also wanted to know how your kids were doing in school. And, I, and you know, I just wanted to make myself available for any kind of connection that I could make with a customer. Um, and, you know, I felt like everything else would fall into its place if you just treated the customer the way that you would want to be treated. And from the Terminex working side of things, I was able to incorporate all of the technology and all the science involved in, in the pest control world with, you know, the different techniques and different um, tools that are needed to do the job right. Um, so, you know, we've got the science to do it. We've got the personalities to go in and, and take care of you and make you feel like you're not just a number. You're, you're a customer and we're here to help. So I stand behind that to this day. I tell the guys, you know, if we're late for a call because you're giving somebody else something that they need, so be it. We'll call that customer and tell them, hey, we're running late. Sorry, but if it was you, we'd do the same thing for you. Mm, that's, that's great. That, that's your mission is incorporated in that. So this podcast called Bloom Where You're Planted, I always ask um, every guest what that quote or saying means to you. And to me, it's probably in, in your hometown. That's where you always hope as a kid that, you know, can I do good here? A lot of people move away and they can do good in, in big cities or, or whatever. But to me, being a part of my community that I grew up and be able to, to flourish is, is super important to me. Um, that, that shows you that you can make it anywhere. Um, you know, I know that my business would be just as good in, in Columbus as it is here, although it's young. I'm, it, it's a growing thing, but Portsmouth was important to me to be able to be um, successful in just because this is my town and mm. I appreciate it. town gave to me. That's great. Um, words of wisdom for anyone that wants to do what you do, whether it's in the music field or starting their own business, what kind of words of wisdom would you have to give them? You know, my dad gave me probably some of the best advice that I, I I've always kept it. And, um, it was real simple. It was plan your work and work your plan. Mm. And whether that's in, you know, playing music or, you know, planning a business, have a plan and don't deviate from it. Know what you want to do. Of course, life is going to throw us all kinds of hurdles and we maneuver through them, but plan what you're going to do. Planning is important. Have a goal before you even start what you want to do and then work it. Work, you know, don't deviate from what you thought was the best idea for you, um, because I ultimately think that that you're your best advice in the long run. Like nobody knows you better than you and nobody knows your ideas better than you. Sure, everybody can help. And, and I've had lots of mentors along the way and I listen, but I had a plan and I stuck to it and I've worked my plan. And I think that's uh, that's my advice to anybody. Great. 
Wonderful words of wisdom. So what's next for Mark Defoe? You know, my, my biggest focus now is my Columbus branch, um, you know, trying to get that branch as successful as this branch. Um, mm-hmm. I was naive to think that, oh, a bigger city was just going to be easy. You know, it was just going to fall on my lap. Um, but it, it hasn't worked out that way. And I've kind of reset my, my, what I just said, I've got to go in and work my plan. I planned it, but I didn't work it. Um, I've, I've got to be the one. And I think that that, that comes back on me. I'm the common denominator. I haven't had my hands involved as much as I should have in my Columbus branch. And I'm planning on changing that this year and seeing if, I can add something to that branch that I haven't been able to put into it for two years. So that's, that's next for me is bringing that branch up to what I expect. In all fairness, the last two years is we've been under the pandemic of COVID. So that's affected a lot of businesses. So, as um, big, you know, you don't have that, that hometown, small town, like, uh, you know, everybody's a little bit more on edge, I believe in, in big cities. So you're probably right on that. Um, so yeah, I, I do give myself a little bit of a lean, leniency on that, but I still need to, you know, work my plan, which I don't feel I have. So I've kind of mm-hmm. set back easy chair, I believe, and thinking that it was just going to come. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we so- always learn. We still, you know, even though we, we think that we know what we're doing, you know, you, you take your lumps and, and you learn from them and you keep on going. Right. So um, I don't know if I've shared with you that when we record a podcast is not when it plays like immediately. So today is February. So it's two, 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 two on Tuesday. <laughs> and so say there's, there's significance to that somehow. <laughs> It'll only happen once in our lifetime, right? It will. So anyway, and I'm glad you're my uh, two, 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 two. How many twos is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been, it's been wonderful having you, Mark. So I think our time is about come to close. And I want to thank everyone that's joined us. And again, this is Bloom Where You're Planted podcast sponsored by Never Too Late Cafe. And this is your host, Laura Womack, saying bye for now. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye.